Hello and welcome to another special interview edition of GasCast. This time I'm joined by a Rovers cult hero, a man who has had bountiful <laughs> amounts of stickers plastered up and down the country, including the dance floor of a confused indie nightclub in Cheltenham, and a man who even has his own catchphrase. Please welcome Nathan 1 0 Blissett. How you doing, Nate? <laughs> When did that catchphrase come into play? <laughs> have, 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 have you ever heard one nil Blissett? Never in my life, no. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, if you ever look on, on Rovers Twitter or the Rovers forums, right. there was this catchphrase that done the rounds like a lot, um, basically just one nil Blissett. I think on the, <laughs> on the forums, there would be like predictions for yeah. the match. And there, genuinely, there'd be like so many people just posting one nil Blissett, one nil Blissett. It just became oh, wow. a massive thing. And, and you weren't aware of that? I had no idea. No, no idea. That is incredible. <laughs> um, That's brilliant. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I even don't know myself how it came about, but just on yeah. forums and, and Twitter, it just took off that you were always going to be the man who scored. and To we, get the we, goal. Yeah. So, wow, okay. so not only had you got all the stickers. So let, let's start with the stickers. So you know, you know about the the stickers, right? Yeah, I know about the stickers. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean, have you finally got to the bottom of what those stickers were all about? I feel like someone did message me. Like, obviously, it's what six years or something now. Um, I feel like someone messaged me saying I was the guy that ordered like five hundred stickers and decided to start putting them about, and it just caught on from there. And yeah, I just got messages from everyone saying, is this you, is this you, off my Facebook and whatnot. And yeah, it's, it just went from everywhere. And I think like people just went to different places in the UK as well, stuck up the sticker and, and you know, put it on social media and stuff. It's just funny. It's hilarious, really. Yeah, it was mad. So I, I mentioned it in the, the intro. There was a, a nightclub in Cheltenham, Propaganda, and they, they tweeted out um, a, a picture of, of your sticker on the dance floor, basically saying, <clears throat> what, what the hell is this? So, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of confused people up and down the, the country. So, I mean, I mean, what did you make of it? It must have been pretty weird for you to see your face plastered about all over the shop. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it was the first, I think it was the first year I was there. So it was nice to know that, you know, the fans were taking to me and stuff and it was such a big club. So I, I just took it in my stride. I thought, oh, maybe this is what everyone else is getting kind of thing. Um, little did I know it was, you know, a bit special for myself, but it was just all fun and games, really. It was good to, good bit of banter from the fans and I just enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think it first started with Colo Tori because it is kind of that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's face it. up in like the stratosphere. There is no need to yeah, be upset. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, like you say, Rovers fans really, really took to you. I mean, is is there any kind of reason behind it? Do you reckon, or, or was that's, it about the bizarre mad thing? For you? Yeah, I don't, I don't think like I've done anything special that you know or stand out like that made me into some kind of cult hero. But maybe it's just a a culmination of different things that people just liked about me or things that happened that just, you know, grew me to that kind of status. But, you know, I'll take it with both hands, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, I think people just warmed you, really. I just you yeah. seem, seem like a, a really nice bloke, and then you sign, and you you seem really happy to to be at Rovers. So, I mean, yeah, h- how did the move come about? So, you playing for Kidderminster, and you scored against Rovers, yeah, early in I the suppose, season. I suppose, I suppose that probably started it off. You know, um, I, I probably my best game of the season against Rovers. Um, it was like Memorial Day. It was a big thing. You know, we had the trumpets going before the game. Full house, um, and I just wanted to impress, and you know that was probably the biggest game I'd played in at that point. Um, so yeah, I played the best game I've ever played for Kidderminster. Um, you know, scored the, the equaliser. Or I think I scored the, I scored the opening I, I goal. Think I think it's the opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I scored the, the opening goal. All. Yeah, um, and then obviously that was a Saturday. By the Wednesday at training at Kidderminster, I had all the boys looking at me a bit weird. I'm looking at them like, what's wrong? Have I got something on my face? What? Um, and then one of them's like, hey, like, don't try and play it down. And to, at this point, I had absolutely no clue what was going on. I was like, play what down? I was like, what are you going on? Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm just coming into training. You know that? It's like, no, nah, no, nah, you, you go into Mr. Owens, you all know that. It. Wow. Like, News to me, mate. And I didn't have an agent at this point. So, um, the manager, Gaz Wild, he uh, got me in the office and said, listen, they're interested in you. They want you to go. What do you think? I was like, yeah, of course. You know, I'll, I'll drive there now if they want me to. Um, and then I was going to carry on training and one of the boys was like, no, 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 no. You, you can't train now, mate. You don't want to wreck anything. Like, you just stay here and wait and get it all sorted out. Um, so, so, yeah, literally the boys went off to training. They came back. And by that time, I'd sorted it all out at Bristol Rovers kind of my contract and what I wanted this and the other and that same day I was off down to, to Bristol like didn't have anything on me at all wow. literally yeah literally went down and signed on the Wednesday afternoon yeah and I was living in Bristol from then I mean that sounds like a, a whirlwind so so before that day did you know anything about it there's some rumours that Daryl Clark spoke to you in the change room after the game is it, is it anything <laughs> like that no, there's no truth in that. No, nothing like that. Like, I literally had no idea. There was no, there was no communication with me until, until that point uh, on the Wednesday, really, that I was going to go. So, so yeah. And I'm get. Was it quite an easy decision to make then? Because I mean, no disrespect to Kidderminster, but obviously Rovers just come down from the football league, and obviously quite a big yeah. step up. Like obviously, everyone knows about Bristol Rovers, you know all up, up and down the country. So it was no brainer when I, when I got told and I spoke to Daryl on the Wednesday and he said, this, you know, if you want to play some good football and whatnot, get yourself down here and we can get you there. So, um, that's, that was enough for me. I know he wanted me at the time and, um, and yeah, it was, it was the perfect career move at the time for me to, to go and do it. You know, I was like 22, 23. Um, and that was, you know, my first proper experience of, well, Kidderminster was full time and everything like that. It was professional. But, you know, to play for a big club, yeah, that was the first time. So, yeah, mm. both fans grabbed it. <laughs> so what was your career like before Kidderminster then? So I well, I didn't have one. I was I was, I was was playing football at university, um, uh, playing semi-professional football after that uh, for a year. And then if <laughs> the story behind it goes, uh, Jamil Matt was at Kidderminster Harriers. He plays for Newport County now. Um, but he had problems with his visa and whatnot, so he couldn't play. He was ineligible to play for them for like six months. So they needed an 
another striker to come in. And I was doing relatively well at Romulus, which was the semi-professional team I was playing mm-hmm. for. And at the time, Marvin Johnson, who's now at Middles, is it Middlesbrough? Is it, yeah, he's at Middlesbrough now. Um, at the time, he was playing for them as well. And Kidderminster were watching him. I came on off, off the bench and scored an absolute worldie from like the tightest angle of course you did. ever imaginable. 1-0 Blissett. 1-0 uh, Blissett, literally. It was a 1-0 Blissett. Of um, course it was. To win the game. And then maybe two, three weeks after he moves to Kidderminster, he, he's calling me saying, Nathan, like, they want you. He's like, Bliss, they want you. Do you want to come? So I was like, yeah. I'll quit my job today. And <laughs> that was kind of wow. one of the things as well. Yeah, I quit my job. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that's another reason maybe why people love me so much. Um, well, caught hero is because I worked for British Gas. Oh, nice. Yeah, I and think that was spoken and, about a bit. Yeah, that's a yeah. great connection. Um, so that kind of, everyone kind of warmed to me. Oh, you worked for British Gas. Now he's playing for the gas kind of thing, this and the that kind of, you know, eased the... It was in the stars for you to join us, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Everything aligned, really, with what happened and it it came to fruition, so yeah. And I mean, you've you've got football pedigree in the family, haven't you, Luf Blissett? Is your your uncle, did you consult him before the move? Uh, No, not really. So with my uncle, um, I didn't really speak to him much throughout my childhood. Um... Probably coming into the football arena um, in my own kind of way, uh, uh, we kind of rekindled and got back in touch and stuff. And from then on, he was always, you know, like a, a shoulder to, not cry on, but, you know, an, an ear to, to give good advice and whatnot and always bounce my ideas off him. So, yeah, from then on, we've just always spoken. Yes, I mean, quite a lot gets gets made of that, actually. Um, so, yeah, so it's only really through kind of football that you talk about. Obviously, he's got a wealth of experience when it comes to it. So, yeah. was, was that quite useful? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's always nice to know, like, my name carries weight in that respect. Um, and it also made me kind of want to give the name its justified, you know, um, pedigree and, mm. and show people that off my own back, I, I've... I've I've got something to give as well. Do you know what I mean? Wherever I went, it was always, oh, are you related to Leaf Bliss? Are you related to Leaf Bliss? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to kind of have the uh, the notoriety of of your own kind of skill and what you bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. Make a name for you in in, in your yeah. own right. So so when you joined Rose, you obviously spoke to Alan Clark. How important was he in in you joining the Gans? <clears throat> Well, he was very uh, enthusiastic about getting me. That was the one thing. Um, and he literally wanted me that, that day. He was like, you know, get yourself down here. Um, so it, it wasn't it wasn't a long conversation. It wasn't a lot. He didn't need to uh, to sell me in the club or anything like that. But uh, he seemed enthusiastic. He seemed... Um, hmm, what's the word? He seemed, well, he, he seemed like he knew what he wanted and he knew what he wanted to do. And he had a vision of how he wanted to do it. So... I bought into that straight away and um, yeah, it was, from then it was a, a done deal. And and why do you reckon he was so successful as a manager, if, if you could put your finger on it? Very successful. He was meticulous in what he wanted to do. Every every game was a different game plan. He he changed it. His, he wasn't his, afraid his, to change his it. His projects. Yeah. Did, did did that raise any eyebrows within the camp, or, or were you all fully behind? No, nah, that that year that year that we went up from the national league, all the boys were 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 fully 
um, locked in to what he wanted to do. Like I remember I scored a goal, a game, and then I came off. I was on the bench the next game. Then I came on and I scored, and it was just, it was absolutely fine. Like mm. the way the way it went about because everyone could see what we were, we were doing, and it was it was quite open in that respect. In 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 the first shows, there was very open in what he wanted to do, and nothing. Everyone knew what was going on. Do you know what I mean? There was I wouldn't really say there was any clicks or anything like that. Every, everyone knew what was going on, and it just yeah, everyone could see what happened on the pitch from that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it, it seemed like his philosophy was signing young up and coming players, hungry players who had something to uh, prove. So what, what's the squad like at the time? Well, I'm pretty, pretty sure all the squad have gone on to play higher in the league. I mean, like Matty Taylor was brilliant. Ellis Harrison, he was, when I went there, Ellis was kind of like a backup striker that was a youth team kind of thing. But, after that season, he just—he was amazing. Mm. Towards the end of the season, he got—you know—he got that fire underneath his feet. And after that, he was just amazing. Um, Lee Brown, Tom Parks, and he had the old boys like Lee Mantle, Monkeys. Let <laughs> he's a funny guy, Monkeys. Very funny guy. Yeah. Um, him, him and Lee Brown, the, their partnership around uh, on the left. Yeah, on the left side. Yeah. It? yeah, it really was. It was kind of unorthodox because obviously. Monkhouse was a tall, kind of gangly, yeah. not really, not really pacey, but it worked. It worked for us, and uh, it, well, it, just gave us... it, it gave time for Brownie to to bomb on and and get past yeah. him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He he was an absolute machine, Brown, absolute machine um, in the Bristol Rovers days. So, yeah, we just had everything really. And then Linesy came in, you know, mm. that bit of culture in class. He, he was real silky on the ball, Linesy. Uh, and obviously uh, Ollie Clark as well in the middle. Um, he could cheat from anywhere. We had, we had a bit of everything and mm. it just all worked out really, yeah. So you had some real good pros there who've played at quite a high level. Did did any of them give you some good advice that, that has stuck with you? Not really. I bet Mance is uh, <laughs> listening to this right now. He's like, oh yeah, I probably, yeah, probably probably screwed at his screen. He probably has. I'll be honest. He probably has. Probably, yeah. Uh, Went in what, time, what, one ear and out the other. Maybe at the time, you know, I was trying to yeah. take everything in. But um, and and in yeah, terms, there was, of... some, there was there was some good there was some good pros there. St- uh, Steve Mildenall, the goalkeeper yeah. at the time, like you say, Mance, Monkeys, you know. So like you just kind of copied what they done really. Yeah. You, you knew you'd be in good stead. And I mean, you were still developing as a player. You said you're quite young. In terms of coaching, did you get specific coaching for your game? You, you had obviously Marcus Stewart there. He was a prolific striker. Yeah. He was brilliant for me, to be honest. He really was. He every week, me and him, we done something just to you know sharpen up my game. And it was literally every week or two, three times after training, it would be, be me and him by myself, kind of thing, which was great one to one. Because I didn't really have that growing up. Uh, so like I kind of came into it late mm. so I had to kind of catch up a lot um, but yeah I, I would say massive massive respect to, to Marcus Stewart for, for, for what he'd done for me while I was there mm. yeah because I mean most players at, at that level um, especially League 2 and you play, played League 1 for a bit would have had like academy experience so that that real kind of real coached ethos you potentially yeah. a bit more of a, a rule play kind of coming up the more organic way and, and really enjoying your football. So, so were there things you, you learned 
from the likes of Marcus Stewart that was definitely definitely he definitely cultured me into uh, an actual striker I mean when I when I was coming through everyone used to say I was very raw I was a raw talent I, I know used to kind of take offense to that slightly but mm. it, in honesty it was a truth because I had talent but not in the the right ways you know how to play the game mm. so I, I could do certain things that a lot of people couldn't but it wasn't effective in the game so it was teaching me how to, you know, mold, well, mold me really into, you know, being a being a proper striker. Because oh, I mean, it is really impressive for you to to get to the level you did without without that background. I would say, yeah. but yeah, I, I suppose there's kind of pros of it, like you say, doing a few different bits. But then there's the, the, the kind of uh, the coaching you you get as a youngster, which is just kind of in you. Um, when you start playing yeah. matches. Um, so let's talk a bit about the, the promotion campaign. I mean, it was probably Rovers' biggest season, I would say, in our history. First time we've been relegated to, to non-league. How important did that season feel to you? Well, it was important for me regardless because of the way I was the first um, player that Rovers spent money on for mm. however, however many years. Um, did, did, so that, did you know how important um, promotion was for the club? Did did you get a sense of that? I mean, yes and no. Promotion from that league is important for any team. I was we nearly got promoted uh, with uh, Kidderminster the year before, and missing out on that was was devastating. And you know, for a club to come down from the league, it's so hard to get back up first time of trying. And if you don't, it's so hard to get out again. Like only two go up. It's it's the mandate to get out is is imperative really. Um so for a big club like Bristol to be there for one was criminal almost. Um so yeah, to be fair, it, it yeah, it was imperative for us to get out of that league and first time trying. So the fact that we did it and you know we we rose to the expectation um was amazing. Yeah, I mean, you must have missed this time, but Rose didn't get off to the the best of starts in in the uh, National League campaign. I mean, that there, there was posters of Daryl Clark up in the training ground saying for him to to leave. Um, right. So I mean, it was a real tricky start. But remember that at the the back end of the season, you're in a great run of form. So I mean, it was always looking kind of playoffs for the vast majority of the season. Then it looked like we could catch. Barnet, and I mean the pivotal moment came away at Dover. I mean we dropped two vital points late on. What what was your memories of that game and and the mood afterwards? Um, I think that game. Uh, I didn't have the best of games. That that game was it. Was it two two? Did it finish? I I think it was one all. It um, Will Puddy maybe got fouled for the the Dover goal. And it was kind so of, did they score late on? Did it? They, yeah, it? they scored in like the 88th minute, and it was it was a real sucker punch because um, oh, I think yeah, I think maybe that was for us to stay top or go top. Yeah, no, yeah, we would yeah we'd either gone top or stay top, but that effectively would have meant we um, got promoted as champions because it was just Alfreton left the, the the final game of the season, and yeah, right. to be to be winning and then yeah lose it late on and. No, you yeah, that, that's hard to take. To be, to be fair, trying to think back to it, 
Uh, Daryl Clark, it was still so upbeat about it. And I, I, I kind of think he had to be in a sense of, because he knew what was coming afterwards. Mm. So there was, we didn't really dwell on it to and it's not that I can remember. We didn't really dwell on, on that, those points because we, we still felt going in for the playoffs, we'd do it. Mm. So yeah, there, was, I mean, there wasn't really much, ha- um, and any really, uh, hangover of, mm. over that. That's interesting because from a fan's perspective, that felt horrendous. I was like, we've right. done put in so much, you put in so much good work to get to that position and then kind of lose it late on was, was a real gut punch. Uh, but I remember quite vividly the, the Alfredson game, which I think finished 7 0, the, the, the final game of the season. And <laughs> Barnet, they ended up winning. So it, it was the playoffs for us. Again, remember that, that team huddle on the, on the pitch? After yeah. the game, what, what was said in that huddle? Was it similar things to what you were saying just then? Yeah, definitely. I think it was just, okay, we know where we, where we are now. We've just got three, four more games to, to, to get it right and you know give the fans what they deserve kind of thing. Like that, He wasn't a man to to hold on to things like, like you know, disappointment was how to improve on the next one and straight away onto the next project. So... Yeah, there, there was no real finger pointing or... Because we'd done so well anyway, it was a case of just not enough. Um, so, yeah, there, there really wasn't any kind of bad feeling. It, it was, right, we've got, we got to go, we got to go to Wembley. And that was it, yeah. Yeah, well, you could see that in, in the playoff semi-final. I mean, it was a pretty comprehensive win over a decent Forest Green side. And then it, yeah, it was a good, good game. That I enjoyed that game. Really enjoyed that game. Yeah. Like, so, so, I mean, obviously, it was, it was a, the away leg first. So, it was a 1-0, of course, a 1-0 victory against um, Forest Green. You weren't on the score sheet, unfortunately, for that one. And then... I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, um, I didn't play in that game. Yeah. Uh, I played in, in the home game at, at um, Memorial Stadium. And that... Again, that would have been the biggest game I've played in my career. Yeah, um, it, it was a great but, atmosphere. I remember it was an early kickoff. Yeah. Actually, I got I got a speeding ticket trying to get to that game because I wasn't living <laughs> in Bristol. Uh, it was well worth it. Um, yeah. That that Linesy goal that that was a big moment. What was that like to be a part of? Amazing, like it. The roar. I'm just remembering it now. Like that was that was real good. That that might be up there with my favourite games. Actually, thinking about it now. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was going to be a fan question um, I was going to ask later. So yeah, it's interesting. It was the so it's the Forest Green second leg game, not the not the Grimsby final. What was that like to play in? I mean, that, I think I think you got to put that in another category, kind of thing. Because yeah. Playing at Wembley that already ticks everyone else's boxes. So that's that's in, that's by itself. But yeah, I would say Wembley was. When when Mance's goal went in and we were all running towards him, I remember just jumping in the air. It's probably the highest I've ever jumped in my life. Um, just, like you say, all that work that you've done and it's just come to fruition then in that one moment, that one moment is indescribable. Yeah. Mm. It, yeah, yeah. That, that was massive. Pure ecstasy, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's that great picture of um, Mark McChrystal. He, he goes to his knees and he's he's just in floods of tears. Yeah. 
And yeah, I mean, for, for the club, it was massive. And, and obviously, with the disappointment of missing out on automatic promotion and, and the final itself, I mean, it, it wasn't a classic, was it, Nate? It was, um, it was yeah, really it, it dogged was, and it was, scrappy. To be fair, it was two good teams. Like, they were a good mm-hmm. side as well. Do you know what I mean? And it could have, it could have gone either way. Um, it was 1-1, one, one, wasn't it? Um, mm. it? It finished. but And it was like one of the biggest attendances of National League history for the yeah. final. I think, well, I can't, I think 45, 45. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah, it was about that, yeah. So, you know, there was a lot. You got to think when the players are seeing all that and there's a, it, it bears down on you. When, if, you if you look at Wembley on, um, on the TV, it looks massive and it mm. is. But when you're on the pitch, it... it it almost feels smaller than than like normal pitches. Interesting. Honestly, like yeah, it, it's it it kind of it kind of uh, encloses you a bit. Yeah, is that because um, you got and, so many fans and on top? Yeah, of it feels like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talk me through the the start of the game because we got off to an a- absolute shocker when one nil down and um, and was we'll, it was it a mistake? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of dribbled into the net. Yeah, um, I, remember, I remember the goal because I, I had a, a good friend of mine, Josh Gerling. He was um, he was injured during that game, but he played for Grimsby, so mm-hmm. he was sat in the in the in the dugout opposite me on the same level, so I could see him, he could see me, and when it went in, we both kind of looked at each other, and he kind of gave me like a, I was like <laughs> like a, one of them ones, um, <laughs> yeah. For for the build up and everything to happen, and you know we were we were really at it in the warm up. Um, for it to kind of happen like that and you know mm. go down, it was a, it was a massive kind of sucker punch that we weren't expecting. Not like that anyway. Mm. Um, so we kind of felt like we gifted it to him a little bit there, but um, we were galvanised and did. Ellis scored in the second half. Was it the first? Um, I think it was the end of the. First half was it? Yeah, I think it was end of the first half. I seem to remember it, it was a, it was a corner and it was his left peg, wasn't it? And yeah, it, yeah, left uh, peg. Yeah, connected really well. Um, yeah, we'll have to look that one up. But I think the end of the first half. Um, but yeah, that that felt like a, a massive goal. I mean, of, of course, in a national league playoff final. I think if if you wanted it to fall to anyone in that season, it would have been him because he just was on fire. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what game it was where he just turned it on. Um, but honestly, it was it was it was hard keeping up with him. I remember mm. I played with him at Kidderminster when we went we went there with Bristol Rovers, and it was me and him were tough. And obviously, I wanted to impress because it was my old club, and I, I thought I was playing out of my skin, and he, I was doing so well. But then he was just even he was just playing at, at almost higher level, and it, it was just so impressive for someone at a young age. I think he might have only been twenty then. Yeah, um, that was his real breakout season. I'm glad to see him, you know, go on to do so well. Yeah, and he, he kind of felt like a complete play, even at that young age. I think Rovers fans forget how young he was because he, he yeah. broke through into the first so team like so young. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's still only 20-odd. Um, I want to talk to you about um, extra time. So you came on in, in the 80th minute in the playoff final. Yeah. Uh, a few people have Tweet me. I, I've totally forgot this because, I mean, I can't remember a load of, of the game, actually, because it was so tense. Um, offside decision in, in extra yeah, time? Yeah, bollocks. I, I don't think it was... <laughs> I don't think it was extra time. Was it extra time or was it the end of normal? But, yeah, it, um, it might have been Linesy 
that played me. I've, I was already running before he played me. Um, and, I was, and I'm pretty sure I, I was onside. I know I was onside. I know I was onside. Um, but yeah, it was, it was close. And I, I would have been through and on goal. Mm. And to be fair, thinking about it now, how scary the situation would have been because I was bearing in on goal. It was in front of all of the Bristol Rovers supporters. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it now, like, Jesus, imagine if like, I'd gone through and I missed or like, that would have been... I mean, that's real, like, hero or villain stuff. So yeah, you, yeah. It would have been, been up in lights. Like, you're already in <laughs> Rovers folklore, but like, if yeah. you scored that, like, even... even that would have been so. amazing. yeah. Like to score, to score there, to win the game in front of all of them, or you know could have gone either way. But mm. yeah, I, I was I was I was robbed of that of that opportunity. I would have backed you, Nate. <laughs> um, and then obviously it went to penalty shootout. You you didn't have to take one. What what number were you? Um, I'm not even sure. I'm not the best at penalties to be honest with you. Um, I'll take one. I, I'm, I've got no problem taking one. Um, I might have been sixth or seventh, but we had, we had we had our our takers. We had like, you know Linesy, uh, we also got Brown, Brown Clark, maybe. Yeah, but Belanta, he's got a good penalty. Belanta, yeah, yeah, he's nice and cool. Um, so yeah, we had, we had we had a good arsenal of penalty takers. But yeah, I would have took one when, when and where. I think I might have mm. been sixth or seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, we did have some great penalty takers. Not not sure about Browners. Um, I think he, <laughs> it kind of. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did he claim, did he claim that one? He claimed it, mate. You got to claim it. It's Wembley. Claim it. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. And then obviously Mansell, ice cool. That, that was a, it. Was a great penalty under extreme yeah. pressure. Yeah, yeah. Very good player. Very good pro as well. Um, I feel like he could have played played longer. Um, obviously, I don't know his situation, but he was he was real fit as well. Yeah, he 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 said as much himself actually. Um, but I think Daryl offered him a coaching role, a full time coaching role. So he's like, if you want to stay here, it's going to be in a coaching capacity. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think I think he weighed up whether he would go to another club to keep playing. But yeah, he's I mean he's still still a coach at Rovers now, and he's kind of progressing. Oh, is he? Oh, okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah, you, yeah. You see him on the touchline. He's he's got got like the headset we've got on now. Oh yeah, he, he does all the the chatting with the, like uh, the the, the first team. Yeah, yeah, he's involved okay, with the first awesome. team setup now. Yeah, it's great. It's it's always lovely to see. Um, yeah, he, he would always. He, he's one of them players you knew that was always going to go on in you know in football onto management or some some capacity. So yeah, it's good to see that. And I want to talk about the, the partying after the playoff final. What was that like? Um, yeah, that was that was an eye opener. Um, I went to uni, so I know about partying. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah remember that, the, that, I remember. There's a photo of you dressed as a Smurf doing the rounds. Was that from your university days? <laughs> that was from my university yeah, days. Yeah, I think that was exactly. another thing that helped get you into a cult <laughs> hero status. What but, but, I like to to dress up in blue. Yeah, so it, was, it was the right colours again. British gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you had it. Blue and white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah so, so did you head straight back to, to Bristol for a party? Yeah, what, what it happened? was. Uh, as I recall, so we stopped off uh, at the closest offie, whatever, um, after Wembley. It's got loads of beers and loads of this and the other. Um, and I'm, yeah, so we were. 
yeah, drinking on the, drinking on the coach, they sent me about blah, blah, blah. Went out on the night out. Um, and I think, so I, I had uh, a holiday booked the day after, or the two days after Wembley oh, with God. the missus. Yeah. 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 But then the boys, because I'd already booked it before I, I signed with Rovers, um, the boys then went out to Magaluf. So I was gutted. I couldn't go. I was like, oh, what, what do I do? I, like, I, I bet your missus wasn't gutted though. No, she wasn't gutted at all. No sympathy no. at whatsoever. Um, so yeah, so they went out to Magaluf as well. So they probably got the best stories of it all, um, which I'm not privy to, but uh, the, the night the night of, of winning it was amazing. Yeah. No holds barred, drink what you want. Yeah, just, just have a great time. Yeah, because I think you, you rented out a, a hotel bar in, in Bristol, didn't you? And and there was that infamous oh video gosh, yeah. of uh, DC. What, yeah, yeah, what do you yeah. remember of that? Oh, I, I can remember all he was. was um, he said, I think he might have said a speech. He was stood up on the bar. He yeah, he'd, 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 he'd had a few beers. I mean, the, the, yeah. the video circulated afterwards. And... Um, Obviously, he he got a lot of stick from the the Grimsby Telegraph um, after another oh. drunken speech because he he went into the uh, the Queen Vic, which is a notorious Rovers pub on, on Gloucester Road, um, and yeah. he done it done a speech saying that we will get promoted, and this is when we're in the playoffs. Oh right! And okay. then obviously the the Grimsby paper were like, okay, he's he's really cocky. He <laughs> thinks he's won this already. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think his, his speech was in in, in honor of that. One 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 thing about um, Daryl Clark, he's not afraid of a beer. To be fair to him, um, but yeah, he got he got the club going, he got the bar going to fair. And I think we started singing. Uh, I can't remember what the song was, um, but yeah, that was that was brilliant. That was that was that would go down in history as well. What wouldn't it uh, of a memorable moment? But um, yeah, the whole night was is kind of a blur to this, but it, it was mm. such a good night, definitely. Yeah, I bet. I mean, what I would give to to be a part of that, it it, it did look great. I mean, who were the real characters in in the squad when it kind of comes to drinking and Ellis kind is of a character, regardless. Yeah, nine o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, twelve o'clock at night, any time of the day. Ellis Harrison was a character. Um, he's he's got energy, hasn't he? A lot of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of energy. Doesn't like to turn it off sometimes. Um, who else? Matty Taylor was good. Jake Gosling was hilarious. Yeah. Um, if you needed a laugh, it was Jake Gosling. Gibraltar uh, is a international, international. record scorer. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, who else? Parksy was quite quiet, to be fair to him. But you yeah. could only drink Parksy. Uh, so was Dan Ledbetter. He was, I remember, he was the, he's the fittest man I've ever seen in football, by the way. Dan Ledbetter. I, I mean, aesthetically or... Or actually, his, his performance. I mean, good, good looking chap as well. Uh, no, I ain't so fat on him. But um, no, yeah, he, he was the cool and calm and collected as well. You know, just sipping his drink on the by the bar and stuff. But yeah, yeah really, I, really, I, really... I, I remember he got a, uh, me and a few mates into the um, League Two promotion party. Actually, so yeah, oh, I, all right. I got, uh, got to thank Leds for that. And then um, Mark McChrystal as well. He's, he's obviously not. I don't think he's a drinker, and he's yeah, he didn't drink. Loudest yeah, yeah. of characters, but what was he like as a, a captain and a leader? He, yeah, he was a good captain, to be fair. He was model pro, nice and calm. Like never really liked to raise his voice, or never would really. He always spoke to you like with respect and whatnot, which was nice. 
Could, um, could you understand what he was saying, though, Nate? <laughs> Probably not on the pitch, no. Um, you, you, you really do have to hone in and listen to what he's trying to say to you. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have yeah, a clue. <laughs> but he was, he was a good, he was a good lad and a yeah, good captain. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so obviously the the promotion went meant Rovers back in the in the football league. Um, I mean, for yourself personally, your your chances probably became limited in in the league two season. Yeah. How how do you kind of view the the end of your Rovers career? I would say sour, but life's too short so it, it is what it is and what I've done afterwards you know I, I, I would I would take do you know what I mean so I've, I've, I've played in League One now I played for Plymouth so you know got promoted twice uh, afterwards so um, you know things happen in football it's one of them things but uh, the, I would say the way it kind of happened was I, I think when I came into Overs I was I was on such a high mm. Uh and then when it came to the start of preseason, it kind of you got you got to start for yourself and start from the bottom again and kind of get there. Which which I tried um, that that season. I thought I'm going into League Two. It's going to be a lot more physical. So I put on a load of muscle. I think people saw in in the uh, the preseason they were like, oh my gosh, this has come back like an absolute beast kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I did, but then it was kind of I'm, I'm carrying all that extra muscle. I couldn't get around probably as well as I did the season before. Mm. So it kind of t- it kind of took away from my game. Um, plus to the fact that the manager came to me and said, "Listen, I'm looking to go for smaller strikers." Okay. Um, that that's that was his his kind of um, his ethos for that season. So, I mean, I can't shrink, can I? It's, it's one of them things that <laughs> there's not much I could do in that respect. So get your Smurf outfit on, bless. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could have tried that. To be fair. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, was was the style of play particularly different between National League and League Two? If if that DC wanted to go for smaller strikers, a, a less no, kind of re- direct style. Not really. I think he he wanted to capitalise on the fact that that it would be more physical. So to circumvent the physical battle of maybe a fifty fifty, go with smaller strikers that the physical players can't can't kind of deal with. Mm. More agile, more nimble. So I got the. The science behind it, if you would, if you would, I understood, but obviously, there's not much I can do mm. in that respect to um, to get in. So it, it was hard for me to take in that respect, um, and I kind of not lost my head, but it, it was hard for me to kind of figure out how how I could, you know, progress from there. Um, so it was one of them where, oh, do I go out alone? Which I did. That didn't really work. Um, I think I went. I went out on loan twice. If I went to Tranmere, I went to Lincoln. So, uh, so, so was that was that a mutual decision? The the loan move. Did, did you want the, that the move first? Yourself? Where did I go first? I went Tr- to Tranmere. Tranmere, Tranmere, was yeah. Tranmere definitely was because you know it was it was never a big club. Um, I wanted to get games. I wanted to play, and you know I liked the fact of another big playing for another big club. So yeah, Tranmere was was mutual. Um, they they did want to keep me, but. Um, after the first month there, I was in and out, in and out, um, and I didn't really like the setup how how it how it was. So I was now it's not for me really. Um, so I said to the the gaffer, I wanted to come back and kind of fight for my place, which in turn it you 
basically said, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, so I came back for a little bit and then I went alone again to, to Lincoln. And the same kind of thing happened where I was in and out. And again, the way, because to be fair to, to DC, the, the training and, and the structure of the club was so well run that when I went elsewhere and it wasn't the same, mm. I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. I didn't, it didn't feel right. So um, it was something that I I wasn't comfortable doing. And I felt, not that I was wasting my time classes, but that's disrespectful, but it just wasn't for me. Mm. That's the best way to describe it. I was away from home and I, I, and I wasn't enjoying it. So there was just, you know, I was outside of my comfort zone a lot. Um, so when I came back the second time from Lincoln, uh, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to have to buckle down here and, I, and put in the extra hours, which I did. I, I was, for, for, I don't know, when, when did I come back? Okay, I came back towards the December, maybe November, I came back to mm. Lincoln. Uh, at this stage, I still hadn't made my, my league debut, which that was in the back of my head. I was like, I've done so well for Bristol. I want to get my league debut. That's the one thing I've always wanted. You know, growing up, I, I want to play in the league. That's what everyone's kind of dream is. Mm. Um, so I just buckled down, got the graft in, put the hard work in, and I could finally see the gaffer, you know, kind of turning his head and, all right, yeah, he's doing this, he's doing that. He's making improvements. And I was getting there. I was getting uh, back to the level I was. Um, and I start, I came on, uh, I made a, a few sub-appearances. Mm. Um, and then, but then I think in the end, they wanted to bring in another striker. I think it was Rory Gaffney they mm. brought in. And for him to come in, I had to go out. Um, and he basically said, I need to go back out alone. And Did- I said, I'm not... Did that feel bittersweet then, your your league debut? Because obviously, like you said, you yeah. dreamt about that as a kid, but then you, you kind of knew your, your Rovers career was at an end. That must have been a, a strange feeling. Yeah, it was definitely bittersweet. Obviously, that, that's what you, you go into training ground for, to play on the weekend, to play on the Tuesday. And to know that in the back of my head, I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle here. It, it, it was kind of hard to take. Like I said, it's sour, but... It's football at the end of the day. That's that's mm. the profession I'm in. So he's got to take it. And when he wanted me to go back out alone, I was like, it's not going to do anything for me. I need, I need to be playing. I need somewhere concrete. And um, so we decided to part ways. Um, we mutually, mutually terminated my contract. And uh, I kind of took a couple of weeks out from the game from there and um, just kind of gathered my thoughts, thought, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And to be honest, I thought, oh, the phone's going to be ringing off the hook. This, I'll get somewhere straight away. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be a problem, which it didn't. So that was kind of an eye-opener for me as well, in, in respect of, you know, you can't take anything for granted. Um, and then from then, I worked with Kevin Nicholson at Kidderminster Harriers, and then he became the, the talkie manager. And he was like, get yourself down here, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll turn you into to the beast that you, you once was. And from there, it was history, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you had... Did you have a permanent spell with Lincoln as well? So I was looking at the stats. You, you you managed to have a pretty decent record there. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. stats are they? <laughs> yeah. No. Because I I saw um a little loan spell and then it, it it looked like kind of one in two for for Lincoln for a bit. But was that probably more talky then? That was yeah definitely talky yeah yeah. So after Lincoln, my next club would have been Torquay. And that was one in two, yeah. That's when I was, they had a strength conditioning coach there that was a guru. I call him the guru because yeah. he honestly, he knew his stuff and he turned me into an absolute animal. And and that season is where I kind of 
I, I, I got back to where I was and I, I was just unplayable to, to say it myself. <laughs> yeah, I was unplayable. And yeah. I got I met of there were 10 points at, um, adrift at the bottom. Um, and from the end of January to the end of the season, we would have been a top four, top four team. We, we just absolutely smashed it and mm. we, we, we got our games to spare. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and then obviously Plymouth Argyle, that they came in for you after your impressive form at, at Torquay. Yeah. And I mean, with Plymouth, ended up getting a promotion to League One. So did, did you ever think that would happen when you, you left Rovers for the National League? I felt like I would be able to play in the league again, definitely. Mm. But it was just, I'd have to try and, it was just a tight, basically, basically timing and someone else taking a stab at me, really. Um, which they did. I was grateful. Again, I was, they brought me, I was the first person they brought again um, for however many years. So, you know, I must have been doing something right at Torquay. Um, and yet, to be fair, when I went there, I knew that they were like second in the league. Um, so I knew that they were, you know, they were thereabouts. They were going to get promoted for go up uh, mm. in League Two. So it was pretty much bang on that we were going to do it. Um, and then going there, from Torquay was a massive eye-opener in terms of the manager's style, how he was literally, we work, we work, we work. We were in until four o'clock every day kind of thing, double sessions every day. Um, it was a lot to take in and I was kind of fretting water when I went there because it, it was a lot, a lot, and it was a lot to adjust to. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. And uh, I enjoyed my time there and I got promoted. And I, you know, I got another medal. I've got them here somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it, was, it was definitely worth my time. And, you know, to play in League One again um, was another massive thing that I was able to accomplish. So Yeah, and, yeah. and you infamously scored against Rovers at the Mem in, in <laughs> I League didn't wanna, One. I didn't, how, I didn't how, want, how, <laughs> how did that feel? I didn't want to bring it up, but if you're going to bring it up, you know. I'll, yeah, let's 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 talk let's talk about it. I mean, we can talk I mean, about I mean, it. I mean, Rovers ended up winning the game, so I mean, you yeah, scoring, you Rovers winning. I mean, it was it was the perfect afternoon, I'd say. <laughs> well, okay, so start of the season, you get the fixtures. Who's playing who? And bam, I saw that game at the Memorial. I earmarked that from from day yeah. one. I want to play in that game. Whatever happens, I want to play in that game. Um, start of the season, we uh, we were playing well. I was playing well. I was starting. Um, I think we had a few injuries, and then uh, Ryan Taylor, who was our main striker at the time, he came back. Um, so I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to play in this game." Uh, two, three weeks down the line, he gets another niggling injury. The gate, the, the game before Rovers. Mm-hmm. So again, I was like, "Okay, it's back on game. I'm I've got to play in this game." Uh, Coming round to the game, all I'm thinking of is I have got to play well and I've got to score against Mr. Rovers. Yeah. Just to just to show everyone who doubted me, the yeah. manager whoever, you know what I mean, what they missed out on. Um and yeah, like I played out of my skin in that game and yeah, scored a good goal. Uh that's yeah, was, one yeah, goal I will always remember. A great um, finish. Yeah, yeah. It was one of my be- one of my better finishes and I think if you saw the um, my celebration afterwards, it was just kind of relief and like a lot of anger just coming out kind of thing. I think mm-hmm. I had about four of my four four of my teammates on my back. I was carrying them around yeah. the pitch, and um, but yeah, that was a <laughs> a very 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 um, good game, and uh, I, I enjoyed that one. 
did you manage to catch up with DC after the game? If so, what did you say to him? <laughs> no, it's funny because um, obviously Bristol wanted to have a chat with the, the media team or whatever, and mm-hmm. we had to go the old stadium. You have to go downstairs into like a basement where where they have the uh, the press conference. Yeah, it's not not so, the best of facilities, is it? Yeah, so I've gone down, walked into a room, and then he's there um, already in a press conference with you know six seven press officers. We we catch eyes, yeah, and uh, he just kind of looks away. I just kind of look away, and and that was it, kind of thing. But um, yeah, it is what it is, kind of thing. Uh, I enjoyed the moment, so I'll tell yeah. you. That. <laughs> and um, did you speak to any of the players about it? Any uh, any of the Rovers players about it? Um, I wouldn't really, not really. I mean, we spoke a bit afterwards the game, you know, saying, how are you doing? Mm. They congratulate him on my goal and stuff and, you know, so to say all the best for the rest of the season. Mm. Um, but, I, I mean, I wouldn't really say I was I was overly close with anyone mm. at, of the Rovers team. Obviously, we've done something amazing. Um, so, we'd always have fun memories of that, but there wasn't, um, not, not, no real friendship, friendships, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all amicable and yeah, all good. Yeah, if you went Magaluf, it could have been so very different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean, your career since you left Plymouth, so, so you had a spell with Macclesfield and, and now you're with Solihull Moors? Yep. So again, Macclesfield, we were National League champions. Um, I, got, I came in and, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we kept on doing well and we, we got the, the big championship. So I've got that medal as well. Uh, which I, I, for myself, I played a pivotal role in. Um, so yeah, I was a mate. I was very happy with that. Um, Solio Moors, we we missed out by, I think it was one point last year, mm. which was heartbreaking because again, coming in and playing a pivotal role to you know to miss out by that much, and then the playoffs, we we never really turned up to honest for the playoffs. Mm. The new the new style with the playoffs is um the, the it's two to seven and then seven, six, five and four play a game. Mm. Whoever wins that plays three three and two. So it's kind of a, you kind of miss a week and then you play a game when you finish second or third. And it in most respects, for the lower if if you finish lower, you kind of can build that momentum. Mm. And push you on to the semi-final and the final. Yeah, and I think we just kind of got caught um, with our heels in the ground a bit. Yeah, it's it's often the the team that is kind of the, the lowest in those playoff spots that do get promotion in the end via the playoffs yeah. because momentum, like like you say. But you're enjoying your football at the moment. Yeah, so this season has been a um, a very very difficult, strange, and obviously now non-existent, but. Um, I started the season off on fire. I scored a hat-trick in like my third game. Um, so yeah, I, I was on four goals in like four games, something like that. And then um, I, had a, I had a massive injury, like the first major injury of my career when I've, I tore my PCL uh, ligament in my knee. So that, I was out for like three months. So from then I'm trying to kind of fight back and get back to where I was. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel right. Sometimes you don't feel like you can do what you can do. Mm. Um so that's been an eye-opener for me for this season. Um, kind of, it, it helps you grow, to be fair, and it makes you aware of, again, how how fickle of a career you, you might have. Mm. Um, so 
my, my eyes are really kind of depending on what happens this season more so to next really and um, you know trying to well see what happens really <laughs> yes I mean obviously it is a really strange situation where there's no football at all at the moment what what are you doing with the downtime? Are you able to train at all, or is it just stay, staying indoors? Well, yeah, mainly staying indoors. I've, I've bought you know gym equipment to outside in the garden to you know do my gym equipment. The little ones doing it with me, which is which is quite cute. Yeah, um, and you know going for regular jogs and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a strange one. We've never had anything like it, so it, you can't really judge it. Really, it's just got to go day by day with it. So Nate, as I said before we came live, um, we put a tweet and Facebook post out saying you're, that you're appearing on GasCast today. Has anyone got any questions? <laughs> and we got so many questions. So yeah, I'm going to run man. through a few of those. Um, some of them we've actually touched upon in the main interview, so that brings it down a little bit. Um, so first one is from uh, GasCast's very own Max Alderson. Uh, the best dressing room atmosphere slash story other than Wembley at, at your time at Rovers? <laughs> the best atmosphere? Yeah, I mean, just kind of generally banter and kind of, yeah, the best kind of feelings in, in the atmos- in the changing room. So what is that, a specific game? Yeah, or or just if there's any kind of stories from the the squad of players, any anything that oh, kind right, of okay. sticks out. There is one story. I'm trying to remember it now, but DC comes into the dressing room. This is at training. He comes in. He does something. I think it was to Matty Taylor. Yeah. Oh, oh what does he do? Is it? He might. It might have been. It might have been for Jake Goslin's um, first international cap. Oh, I mean, yeah. The the, the video of that is actually out there somewhere. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, I, I remember watching that, and that, that was incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, that was really good that day. Yeah, no, that, 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 that seemed, um, yeah, seemed pretty hilarious, to be fair. And um, you were saying earlier, Jake Gosling is, is normally kind of full of banter and a yeah. lot to say for himself, but he seemed very sheepish then, I think. Uh, DC pretty much owned him. I think it was quite, quite, a, <laughs> yeah, quite, yeah. quite a sarcastic... Um, presentation let's say about his his two goals for Gibraltar um <laughs> yeah I mean I think that video just uh showed what the camaraderie was like in the team yeah it was really good really good that season uh George Clements on Twitter asks favorite goal you've ever scored hmm might be against Bristol Rovers, I'll be honest with you. Yeah it might be that one yeah well the way you described um, it it did seem like a big one yeah, yeah. I, it was it was in League One. It was against obviously Bristol. It was at the Mem. Yeah, it was my first full in League One as well. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably say cause it's the highest goal I've ever scored, kind of thing mm. in, in terms of. So yeah, yeah, I'll have to go with that one. <laughs> Sorry, George. <laughs> and your your favourite goal for the gas? Favourite goal for the gas mm, might be my first one actually. Mm. Which which I'll tell you now. It hit me, but then hit the defender and went in. So it's technically an own goal, but yeah. because it happened so quickly. Arm up in the like, air, yeah, claim it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good. I, 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 if I'm right in remembering, you kind of went down. It was in front of the black form, was it your first goal? No, so my first goal was against Chester away. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so because obviously I literally uh, I signed on the, on the Wednesday 
after playing at the Mem, and it was an away game on the on the Saturday. Um, so that would be my that I can remember. But actually, when I came on against Welling, um, we were we were we were either drawing on one or losing, drawing on one or or nil nil, and um, I came on. I beat the offside trap. I ran in. I tried to dink the keeper, so I've dinked him. It's yeah. come back off the keeper and stuck me straight in the face yeah. and trickled into the goal. Yeah. And that was that's <laughs> that's my favourite goal actually. But, yeah, that one. They all count. They all count. Exactly. Uh, this one from at Mank Gas. Have you still got the wreck of a car you had when you were at Rovers Nath? The wreck of a car? Yeah, apparently you had a, a wreck of a car according to at Mank Gas. Mm, I don't know. What, I mean what, I had a, what what whip I, did you have? I had when I when I first signed, I had a BMW One Series, so it wasn't. I mean, too bad. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that a wreck. I know, yeah. I mean, it might have got me mixed up with someone else, but I mean, I, I, quick, yeah. I quickly upgraded from a, you know, my, uh, my Frankfurt contract at Bristol to a, yeah, to yeah. a Mercedes. So um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know. You might, oh, might okay. be mixed up with someone else. Have you? Okay, that's, that's embarrassing for him then. <laughs> um, so next, next one isn't a question but a statement. So this is from at Will BRFC. So not a question. Just tell him that I love him, please. I love you too, mate. Oh. It's mutual, very mutual. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, and then uh, from Jack Husher, favorite Rovers chant. I I had a chant and I can't remember it. I had a chant. Yeah, I'm trying trying to think what what it would have been. Actually, I def- if, I some, if someone if someone can um, you know find the chant or remember the chant, that'd be great because I I definitely did, but I can't remember what it is now. Okay, over to the listeners on that one. And any yeah. other Rovers chants that stick in your mind? No. <laughs> uh, just, just, just only got ears for your own chants. Yeah, mate. just my own, please. Thank you. Uh, so, I, Irene, well, we've got to say Irene. Uh, Irene, I mean, uh, it's not a bad one, eh? I mean, that, when, you, when honest, you... Yeah? When they sing that, and uh, for instance, the night games, they sing that and they have all the torches at the Black Thorn. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing. Like the players appreciate that. That's that's something real, real nice to play in front of. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, I got to admit when when it does get going um, on on a big game, it, it's, it's such a special feeling, isn't it? And um, yeah, yeah so, so, so it, it's really powerful for the the players. It, it, it galvanizes you on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. You definitely feel feel that in the atmosphere, hundred percent. Yeah, could could you give us a little rendition now, Nate? Do you remember the... <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll let, no. let you off for that one. Uh, final yeah. final question, Nate. So this is from at Sleepy Gas. Uh, out of the Rovers playoff win, winning promotion with Plymouth and winning the league with Macclesfield, <laughs> which party had the biggest bar bill? The biggest bar bill? Yeah. Hmm. Or what was the most Probably. lit? Uh, it, it might it might be the Macclesfield one because we did that over two days and the first day we went out in our tracksuits. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even get changed. Like, yeah, that was that was intense. We went all over Macclesfield's only small, but it, we went all over Macclesfield, got in yeah. everywhere for free. Like, yeah, because it's you know it's close knit town, close knit yeah, club yeah. kind of thing. 
Does it even I'll have, have a night? Go. Does it even have a nightclub, man? It, it does. I, I can't believe yeah. what it's called. I can't remember now, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Macclesfield. Yeah. Well, Nathan Blissett, it's been an absolute pleasure. As as I said at the start, a cult hero for the gas. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be remembered fondly for years and years. I know people are going to yeah. insist. Um, yeah, all that leaves me to say is, is thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for the great memories at the gas. And yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, take it steady. No, thanks for having me as well. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's good to have a little trip there, memory lane now and again, isn't it? So um, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, all the best in regards to whatever happens now. So yeah, Nathan Blizzard, absolute pleasure. All the best. Cheers, mate. Nice Catch one. you soon. Top man, take it steady. See ya. Bye-bye.